Welcome to a special episode of the Living Force Podcast. Thank the Maker. A Utini Podcast Network production. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Interview with Zoraida Cordova, author of Star Wars The High Republic Convergence. So good to have you back. And now, here's your host, Eric Eilerson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of the Living Force Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me today is the writer of some of our most lovely Star Wars novels, including A Crash of Fate and the recently wildly amazing and wildly successful The High Republic Convergence. It's Sarita Cordova. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on here, spending a, uh, a Friday evening chatting about some Star Wars with me. I'm so excited to jump in. Um, if you're listening, uh, I hope, of course, you've already at least ordered, if not finished, uh, Convergence. It's been out for a little while. We will not be getting into story spoilers on here, so no worries. Uh, we'll, we'll chat about some characters and stuff, but nothing you wouldn't get from a publisher's summary. So feel free to go forward. And um, before we start, uh, I said it just a little bit off air, but it's right to start off. Just congratulations on the book being out in the world. How, how is it? Is it is it a deep sigh of relief? How's the week been? Oh my God. It's, it's like a little bit of both. It's half relief and half, uh, oh my God, I can't believe it's finally out there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've been working on, on the book for, you know, throughout the year and uh, now it's finally out in reader hands. And so it's, it's, it's great seeing the things that people are picking up on Mm -hmm. uh, as well as, um, things that I'm surprised that they like so much. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. It, and that's always the best part about, you know, Star Wars book world, right? Is everyone kind of starting at the same time. And then you get people talking about characters that of course you've known way longer in your mind that we're just reading. And then you get people like, like Jake Bartok making fan art. And I'm like, Oh, that's Ziri. Okay, great. And it's mm-hmm. such a great time. Uh, but before we get into obviously the modern day, I want to go back to the beginning of it all. Uh, what was it like when you got, that first email, phone call uh, to welcome you officially into the High Republic. It's kind of funny because I originally, I uh, of course, I knew about the High Republic and, and the initiative and had been watching it come together. Uh, you know, so many of those guys are my friends. If now, now all of them are my buds. Yeah. Um, but I remember getting a text message from Mike Seglane, who's our creative director. And he was like, hey, have you checked your email? And I was like, no. <laughs> okay, and Mike. It had been quite a bit, like a little while since, because sometimes when I get on deadlines, I'm single-minded. I like, mm-hmm. I'm like a gremlin at a <laughs> cave where nobody can trespass. Right. Sure. So it's hard to reach me. And so I was like, oh, snap, uh, this is important. Um, and so that's, you know, so I was really excited and, um, it felt like a challenge and I, I really wanted to meet it. Yeah. I, I love that idea too of thinking of Mike Seglane just kind of sending the email and waiting for a bit and waiting for me like, did she get it? Should I text her? Someday I have to get that, uh, that story from his end. Uh, but of course, you know, we're, we're obviously so thrilled that you're in here. And like you said, everyone that's been part of the initiative are all such wonderful people. Like they're all such great friends as well as writers um and i want to ask you as far as that work goes before you wrote a single word of high republic yourself before you got into it what was your favorite part about the era just just as a fan or like you said as a colleague to the other writers 
Um, L's our man. <laughs> yes. Yes. He is. We did it. <laughs> He is, he's, he's just a, like perfect. He's the, he's the character that I, I think I, I had been waiting for, I had bought all the books of course. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I, so I was waiting just to like be able to read a couple of them just continuously. Mm-hmm. Um, and all I knew were these tweets that were like, I knew about, you know, I knew who the main characters were. Of mm-hmm. course I, I watched the high Republic show, even though I, I still hadn't finished the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then everyone kept talking about Elzar Man, and and there was one tweet that somebody was like Elzar Man fucks, and I was like, what? <laughs> and then yep. I was like, I didn't read that. I don't know if it was you or another somebody else, but I, I it was like it was like a, a Star Wars podcast person. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, okay, now I need to like I, I went to my shelf and then I started reading it immediately, and I was like, yep. Oh, <laughs> I love Elzar so much because, I mean, in Rising Storm, Cav single-handedly, one, gave us that moment. He gave us the belt in the morning and then simultaneously gave him the throw a lightsaber on the back of a dragon moment. And I'm like, okay, this guy's the best character ever? Like, just, yeah, I love that. Fabulous. He's pretty fabulous. And so, um, so yeah, so that, I think that was my favorite part. Oh, God, love that. And, and of course, I know a lot of listeners to any and all shows have been wanting Elzar concept art since day one. And with, and with Kristen Baver's recently released Art of the High Republic, we got it. We're good. I mean, we could use way more, obviously. But we, we're satisfied there's with what Elzar looks like. Fan art. There's been fan art. And I think mm-hmm. that you know, there's so many characters that we're missing mm-hmm. concept art from, some of my own included. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we just turn to Jake Bartok, who's freaking amazing. And you're like, That's well... It. We're going to get this. This is great. Yeah. I, I don't know how Jake reads as fast as he does and draws as fast as he does. I assume it's an Australian thing. Time is different. The world looks different. Uh, but we always love him for it. Uh, but then, of course, when you started, you got the email. You told Mike you're in. You start plotting out the story for Convergence. How helpful for you was uh, having the experience of already having written A Crash of Fate? You've been in Star Wars before. But also, how was this like a completely different uh, kind of, I guess, project? They were, they're incredibly different because there's, there's definitely more, actually, you know, come to think of it, there are, uh, they're, they're similar in different ways. Um, I think obviously the age group is different. So I knew it would, I would just have to make it a little longer. I don't, I don't really change my style for a young adult or adult. I think the Mm -hmm. only thing I change is perspective. Uh, Yeah. And so, um, so after after thinking of of those two things, uh, you know, a crash of fate is so determined by setting, um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's very very personal. It's a story of two people, and so I approached convergence in a very similar way, where I knew that it had to deal with the um, the war between Iram and Arano. Um, I knew that it had to deal with you know going another uh, you know centuries back. It, uh, into the past and seeing where the Jedi are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that I wanted to have that same personal connection between characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it just ended up being that I had multiple sets um, because I always, I know what my setting looks like, but I like to focus on character the most. Yeah. yeah. And it absolutely shows. I mean, that's one of the one of the great things about a crash of fate, which which so many people in our community love, is that it does have that like galaxy's edge crash of fate. 
And and I know when that was first announced, some people were a little unsure if we're are we getting a commercial as a book? And then we get, like you said, this amazingly intimate story of these two people. We get that cave scene, if you know, you know. Um, and like and it converged with such the same thing where okay, it's a higher public banner. But it's still a Zoraida Cordova story. Like, you still absolutely have that mark. There's no doubt in it. Um, and, of course, with Convergence, it, it brings us into another fam- slightly familiar area of the galaxy with the forever war between Irem and, and er- Erono. I said Erono in my head, which I realized because we read early, I didn't get it. I didn't hear it. I think that we're all saying it different. Because I did hear, I, I, I used to say Aram, and then mm-hmm. I and people say Irem. And so, you know, it is one of those things. What is it? George Lucas was like, maybe we're just in a different part of the galaxy with That's different it. accents. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Markeon, Martian. Like, until Mark Thompson releases it, we'll, we'll figure out how to say it. Uh, but, there you go. But, but I love this part of the galaxy because, you know, we we've technically gotten a little sneak peek in Into the Dark uh, with Claudia Gray talking a little bit about it. And and we love collaboration of all sorts um, in the book world, but especially in the higher public. So how much of that war's history did you glean off of like Claudia's work in those earlier books or in phase one? And how much of it did you just get to kind of fashion yourself out of the blue? Um, I waited to read um, Claudia's book until after I had turned in. I knew I knew sort of the the sequence of events, mm-hmm. uh, but I I wanted to turn in my outline first, um, and and then sort of go in and see because I I knew that a lot like we hadn't actually landed on Iron and Iron Man. Yeah, um, we had just seen their royals. And so um, after the fact, I was like, OK, well, the monarch needs to be a certain way and the queen uh, and her consort need to be a certain way. And it, it just so happens that, like, you know, we have two sets of queen consorts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, right. um, but it's but that ended up being fantastic, uh, like a, a, a wonderful, a wonderful thing. Um, And so it um once I had that, then I. I, I sort of felt like I was going to fill in some of the, some of the blanks. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and figure out what these, what this history actually looks like. Um, why are they fighting in the first place? Um, is it a, is it a Romeo and Juliet, Juli- sorry. Is it a Romeo and Juliet situation where we don't know why these two pe- these two, you know, Royal families have been fighting forever and ever and ever. Right. Um, it's just, it's just that they are. And so I, I made, you know, I took my my creative decisions and 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 gave gave different reasons because I feel like throughout the history of the world of our world, there is no one reason why some why like a clash happens. Right. Um, right. So, so then yeah, so then I, that's that's really just where I started with those two planets and. Uh, as a fantasy writer, those are my favorite things. I love creating planets, religious systems, species. Yeah. Love doing that from the ground up, and Star Wars really gives us the liberty to be able to do that. So that was that was wonderful. Yeah, and it's been so great to see, and you can you can see how much passion you have in it with Convergence specifically. Because yeah, I, I love going to Naboo. I love going all around as much as the next person. Don't get me wrong, but with your book and like with kind of phase two as a whole, it's been so great to see you guys building like religious systems and caste systems and like almost dialects and like the, the scorpion myths. And like, there, there's so much more involved and it's, and it's so fun. Cause yeah, Lucas had to do that at some point, obviously. So why not at this point, make them all yourselves. Um, and of course you mentioned, uh, you know, readers of, of both your star Wars work and your non star Wars book clearly 
or if they've seen any of your tweets, know your love of romance. It's very clear and it's great. And uh, I wanted to ask you specifically, what is it about like wartime conflicts that you think births such vivid love stories? I think there's there's the impossibility of of love, right? The impossibility oh. of it, and and how if we look at Star Wars specifically, you know, none of this would be possible without the love story of Anakin and Padme. Like their love yeah. was so strong that it literally changed the fate of the stars, like entire an entire galaxy and beyond. Uh, not just like the galaxy of Star Wars, but our world too, right? Like Star Wars is a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And so with, you know, we can't, I, I never forget that at the root of it, Star Wars is a love story. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, Star Wars is about hope and all of the darkness that we see that war brings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, you know, I don't want to romanticize the idea of war, but I do think that like the idea that one person can change everything is, is a romantic concept in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also gives us the hope that star Wars gives us. Right. And so we, it is like a, it's a, it's looking at our world and the behaviors of people through like, Mm -hmm fantasy rose-colored glasses almost um yeah but it's really fun right like and, and then we get the fun side like we were able to have Han Solo falling around in you know the Millennium Falcon trying to fix a screw uh, <laughs> or hypercomplic whatever yeah. uh, and also something like Andor where it's super serious and like you know uh, I am a setting sun or whatever that speech was like it was the, yeah. beautiful to replicate um <laughs> Right. So we have, it's like, those are things are in balance. Um, And so like the, the heart of it is like how can love actually change the world? And Mm -hmm. that's a romantic idealistic concept, but you know, as a writer, I feel like writing during some of the worst years that we've, you know, that our generation has had. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. and, And so many crises, we need a little bit of that. Absolutely. And you and you tackle that obviously so so continuously throughout convergence like that is absolutely thread throughout um, again without spoiling anything like a lot of the romantic kind of uh, pairings happen decently early and then they evolve throughout so you, you get to see the war through themselves and through their eyes and I love it especially because you know you mentioned Anakin and Padme is like love and then they find war and in convergence we get war is established. And then love is almost a tactic and grows out of it, which I think is also very interesting because the specific kinds of romance, um, I don't think it's any spoilers to say between like Ziri and Fantu, is is a very specific more arrangement that we have, I think, especially in like a more of a Western culture, have taken as not as legitimate. And, and they really make a beautiful story out of it. Um, and yeah, I, I just I love that we're seeing that side of it. Like, oh, no, this is still love. And maybe it will save the planets maybe it won't and it's really fun to kind of track that and it's the the thing that's even more tragic is that we know where er, iron and arano are at in phase one and so it's just sort of like Mm -hmm. the and 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 watching star wars watching the prequels and knowing where we end up that's that's the heartbreak of star wars right like that that's like the, the the tragic part at the root of it all and and so um, that's not to say we give up, right? We still try. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but so I really like the the, the love story between Fantu and, and and Ziri is for me is interesting because you know as an arranged marriage like people are like arranged marriages suck right but for the most like, in my idea right like if I, mm-hmm. if I but um um I know but then sometimes you get wonderful things out of it and sometimes yeah. it is the best thing that could happen to your to your to your planet um because it, that's how allegiances were made in in the ancient world right yeah yeah marriages and so why why not something like star wars exactly um, mm-hmm. yeah and sometimes you know you fall in love with who you are who you meet at work and at this point their work just happens to be an arranged marriage so <laughs> <laughs> so another thing we obviously have loved about the high republic since the beginning of phase one is uh the initiative's dedication to characters that look and act like every single one of its readers it's a beautifully diverse initiative and what does it mean to you as an Ecuador-born woman of color to have your name on the cover of a book that also features a woman of color wielding her very own freaking lightsaber? It is kind of surreal and very cool. And I, I wish that I had had something like that when I was a kid. And I feel like that's the thing that so many people say, right? Mm-hmm. I wish I'd had this as a kid. And and sometimes sometimes other people take it for granted, right? Like when, And I think that's why there's so much pushback. Mm-hmm. Um, about something like this because it's for the first time you're you're being asked to walk in someone's shoes and consider them as a hero as opposed to something else um and so you know not an orc or a a person from a man from the south right like in lord of the rings um and so the more we get to see that it's 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 just a beautiful thing it's it's the world it's not um you know we don't need permission to live in it we already live in it so yeah right (laughs) But we are, you know, being able to have the opportunity to, um, rubber, you know, no matter what, I, 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 I accept the fact, like Ziri and Fantu, that I, I represent something, right? So, like, I represent mm-hmm. my, the country that I was born in, and, and, and to a certain extent, New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it is. I, I think about that a lot, and that goes into a lot of my fiction whether I'm conscious of it or not. And I think something like um, there's a scene in Convergence where they're in Erno and uh, there's a Quarren who has been displaced because of war. And I, and I, and I constantly think that, you know, in such a big world like Star Wars, of course there's displacement. And so the question of this, of this book is also like, where do people go and what is home? And some, how some people are forced to go and some people choose to stay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, you know, the harsh beauties, I guess, of Star Wars is that it is kind of unflinching in representing the world, like reflecting worldly struggles. And I think that's um, one of the ways that you teach, especially like younger readers and kids about trial is through stories. I mean, I I know there is a I forget someone on Star Wars Twitter. I'm sure we've both seen that teaches like displaced kids in Eastern Europe about war through rebels is like, here's these kids and they don't have a home and their parents are gone. And and very similarly, I think that if folks can see characters that look like them and that don't, I mean, I've looked like Luke Skywalker since I was born. I, I had it very easy. You know, I never had a problem figuring that out. But if other kids that do can be like, oh, my gosh, a hero is anyone, any kid in my class, anyone I know. It's just it, it seems like a better world. And I think that it's, it's really lovely to to see all these characters really exemplifying that throughout the book. Um and of course, aside from, from Gela, who we love, she's of course not the only amazing new character. And I found it interesting that a lot of the standouts like Ziri, Fantu, the roguish Axel Greylock, who we'll talk about in a moment, um, are, are not actually Force-sensitive. And how was it for you balancing the importance of Force users and like 
I guess, quote unquote, normal citizens of the galaxy who really take up a majority of the book. Yeah, it is. I, I did notice that after the fact where I'm like, OK, well, the Jedi are here because I, I understood that it's it's a book about these two planets and the Jedi play a part. I mean, we need to see how the Jedi interact with with this world that we're being introduced to. Right. We have mm-hmm. the path of the open hand in my book. They're you know, they're more in the shadows, uh, but in Path of Deceit by Justina Ireland and Tessa Grattan, mm-hmm. you're face to face and you get to know them and you get to see them their their belief system and 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 their 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 leader, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so um in convergence you more have to sort of wait to see how they play a part, even though their yeah. machinations are are there. Um but uh when it comes to balancing the Jedi, it's it, it felt like it was important to see what the Jedi believe, how the Jedi believe and act and respond to crises and how uh, the people that they're helping uh, treat them or, right? Um, Right. So, you know, Gela, who all she wants to do is like, you know, be the best she can be uh, as far as a Jedi, right? Like if she knew um, Obi-Wan, she'd be like, I want to be like Obi-Wan. He's the best, he's the best Jedi ever. Um, and, and so it, 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 it is just following that story, trying to answer those questions. Um, and, and that way Gala sort of stands out a little bit more because she is the one with the power, but despite all of her power, can she, is it enough to protect these people to protect? Yeah. This yeah. And, and, and gosh, and especially you really put a lot of great stuff in there about like the wounds that the Jedi of the past have caused some of these folks. And again, some of some main characters, that's very harsh thoughts about Jedi for very valid reasons. And it's really interesting to see Gela, who again, is a great person, who's a great Jedi, like reckon with the fact that she can't deny the people that she lauds and, and, and puts on a pedestal have done things that have hurt other people. And I think that's, again, speaking of just real world things, is that I think a lot of folks reading this are like, okay, you can have a hero. You can think you're a good person. That doesn't mean you can't cause harm to somebody. And I thought, I don't know if we've ever seen the Jedi quite at that level, especially in the higher public, being the like Knights of the Round Table-esque, glorious Jedi, light of the Jedi, the Jedi are here kind of thing. It was really lovely seeing that, um, especially through the eyes of, again, you guys will find out. Read the book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, one of, one of the most famous tropes in all of fiction, but especially the Star Wars community, is enemies to lovers. I don't think I heard this those words five times in a row in my entire life, and then I got into Star Wars, and oh my goodness, it's everywhere, which is lovely. Um, I wasn't on Tumblr enough in 2013. No, you but, weren't. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. But uh, was there any doubt in your mind that 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 was the particular direction you wanted to take with Convergence's like slowly revealed power couple or from the beginning where you're like, that's it? I mean, I, 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 knew, I wanted it from the beginning. I, because I think that that kind of friction is really wonderful as a reader to, to, to read. Oh, yeah. um, and so maybe um, subconsciously, I was just thinking of, of some of my favorite, you know, like, uh enemies to lovers situations um mm-hmm. and and it just it it ends up working and obviously it, it's a complicated relationship because um that could, that may never have legs or may i don't know i haven't read book two i don't know what happened same <laughs> 
I, you know, it is, it just, in my head, I was like, okay, let me veer towards this, but only if it comes out naturally. And yeah. It <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I think that's one of the the cool things about it is that it, it really is, you know, early one of the most organic relationships that we've seen because we do just get the bit by bit of them figuring out. Like the decision is made and then it's like, okay, we might have the rest of our lives together. We might die in battle tomorrow. And that's exciting. And I think that Enemies to Lovers really obviously has that. You know, you you get the the meat cute of the of the blade to a neck, which is always exciting. But then from there, okay, that was our first day. Um, <laughs> now we can kind of do anything we want. Um, but of course, no one can do everything they want more than our best boy. Let let let's let's go. As <laughs> someone whose Instagram handle is literally Zoraida Solo, you know a lot about scoundrels. You know a lot about rogues. <laughs> so first question: Who is the best roguish rake since Han Solo, and why is it clearly Axel Greylark? Oh my God, truly. I, <laughs> I, I've, I've been, scro- I was scrolling through Twitter on launch day and I just saw a lot of like Axel Greylark is X, right? Like is <laughs> yeah. baby or is et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, good. I knew I was hoping for this kind of reaction, um, but I'm glad it's there. Yeah, it is. It is wonderful. I, before the book came out, I was chatting with uh, Brad and Sarah at Friends of the Force about it. And we just looked at that, that uh, the concept art, and I'm like, God, like the cape and the <laughs> collar, God, and the smirk. It, it was just everything. And any, and, and you know, for those readers, he's he's all of that and more. Um, but but I gotta say, from his introduction, I remember I was reading it and I was writing down notes for myself, and I think I re- literally said, "This is like Han Solo, but like sexier." It was just <laughs> like that, that first image, and and. and to write that character as someone who does love Han and things like that, did I guess where does he come from I- inside your literary mind? I guess for like that he has has influences, but he's such a unique guy. I you know I I I like to I I feel like I was writing in a fugue state. Um, <laughs> this entire yeah. year has been fugue state writing, where I'm like, let me try to remember what it felt like, and I I sort of um. I had his name first and his name was something else. I could not tell you what it is. I would have to look into it, you know. Um, but I think that um, the reception was, oh, it's too fantasy, right? Like too. Oh, uh, sure. Uh, the last name stayed, but the first name was different. And so I was just writing different words, letters. I, I sort of just like doodle until until it comes. Wow. Um, and then as soon as I wrote the name, Axel, um, had gotten there through like, you know, that sort of like spider web. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I wrote down the name Axel, like the rest of him sort of appeared. Um, and, uh, I was, uh, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of Daniel Henney. And so, mm-hmm. cause I'd watched wheel of time earlier mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, a young Daniel Henney is what this needs to be. <laughs> Jeez. Um, Perfect. And, yeah, and then I started thinking about the qualities that he needed to have, and I knew that he needed to be sort of a foil to Gela. Um, and so it's just sort of like that's how I that's how I compile characters. I think about uh, what does what do my other characters need, and what does the world need? Um, and so yeah. she's reverend to the Force. Uh, maybe he hates Jedi. Um, yeah. Then I'm like, well, why? And then we'll you know, what's going on. And so after I turned in my outline, cause he was a smaller part, 
um, they were like, hey, can you make him bigger? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, and so, you know, his fate was different. And, you know, it it, it, it it was an evolution. It's like the evolution mm-hmm. of Axel Greylark. Um, and so oh it, it, it was really a really delicious, great time to write. It, it, it shows. And, and I love that the answers to the question are, what does every character need? Axel Greylark. What does the world need? Axel Greylark. It's the same answer for both. And, it, and we easily got it. And of course, again, coming up in, in wave two, we've, we've seen him already on a cover. So we, he's around, <clears throat> potentially. Could be a force ghost. Um, but there's so much <laughs> death. You try not to spoil things, so you gotta go a little crazy sometimes, right? Um, but there's so much depth to the higher public as a whole. And although we're just ending wave one now with convergence, uh, fans are already obsessed with wave two reveals, including again, that cover for cataclysm with Axel on there. It is just, just beautiful. And clearly the covers of your books are, are mirrors of each other. The titles are in opposition. Um, I, it took me way longer than I'd like to admit to realize that with wave one and wave two of the oppositions. Um, but with any, without any kind of future spoilers, of course, were you and Lydia Kang working together as you were writing Convergence, or did that collaboration wait until after you were mostly done? Um, well, it, it we sort of had to work very closely together because of how the the, the space between the books coming out. Okay. Um, but I I had turned in my um my outline already, and so we our outlines were were separate. Um, so I had turned in my you know the proposal of what what the book was going to be. Um, and then after the fact, um, we, you know, we, we've known each other for a long time because, you know, we both were uh, YA writers. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 so um, I had asked her for her number and we just started texting each other notes. And I don't know why, but one of the earliest things that I had sent Lydia were like a question. Hey, have you seen pictures I think we were talking about the thirst of Star Wars, like how <laughs> yes, and yes. I was like, I mean, have you seen Sexy Thrawn? And she was like, no. And so then I just sent her a bunch of pictures <laughs> and I found oh and, um, I'm sure and she was I'm sure she was like, uh wh- why? <laughs> why not? Um Yes, there's the answer. And so we, you know, book through that, we were just like as I was writing. And as I, I was like, can you put this in, um, maybe hint to- about this in, in book two or, mm-hmm. um, you know, vice versa. Um, but, um, uh, you know, I think that it was, so it wasn't like a hundred, like collaboration in the way that you think. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is more of that like back channel stuff where it's like, let's, let's, uh, let's make these line up. <laughs> Gosh, I, I love it. And yes, everyone just to confirm Star Wars writers, they talk about the exact same things we all talk about. Who among us has not sent Sexy Thrawn to a dear friend during a creative process? I think it would help every meeting. And I think that everyone going forward, if you haven't sent your best friend Sexy Thrawn today, take this as your note. Do it. <laughs> There's no downside. <laughs> but as we, uh, as we kind of get close to wrapping up here, I did want to ask you, um, so the legacy of the High Republic will clearly go on very long. The initiative has been huge, um, not only in scope numbers blah 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 but but for the community it's really kind of enmeshed itself in star wars and now you are a huge part of that legacy with this amazing entry with all these characters that are going to go on or even if they're just in one book they're already so beloved 
So I would ask you, what do you hope your personal legacy will be in the history of Star Wars literature as people look back? I hope that my legacy is uh, is good. (laughs) (laughs) You would think I'm a writer or something. I, but you know, it's, it's, um, I, I want people to realize how much I love this galaxy and how much I love that we all literally from different parts of the world and, uh, all across the globe, like we have, if we have so many different things and you know, that that's, that bring us apart like we have this one thing that brings us together through books and tv and movies and and yeah there's like some you know all there's always a downside to something but um i think that like just the positivity of of this initiative and of um our contributions to to the greater galaxy um that it's just it's all just love and and um and hopefully a really good time with lightsabers and blasters Gosh, love lightsabers and blasters. That's that's it. That's the deal. They can all rewrite the stars in their own way. I love it. <laughs> all right. Well, everyone that's listening, again, I hope you have read, listened to, gifted, done whatever you need with, with Convergence. But of course, Zoretta, um, you don't just write one thing a year, one thing a month sometimes. Uh, you have plenty of projects on the horizon. So what can we be looking at um, in any of your work that you are allowed to talk about, I guess, coming up? in 2023 which is way too close for my liking no oh my gosh uh well uh, it's funny uh my next book is a little mermaid retelling um and it's and you know to be perfectly honest like the two greatest loves in my life are disney's the little mermaid and star wars so the fact oh my god what a year that i get to play in the sandbox of uh two disney properties that you know literally made me who I am. Yeah. Um, and so Disney has an adult romance line called uh, Men to Be. So the first two books are, they're standalone, so you don't have to read them in order or, or at all um, together. Um, but it's the Disney princesses as real girls, as like human women <laughs> awesome. in, in the 21st century. <laughs> and so the first two books are Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing The Little Mermaid. And she's a um, she's a teen pop icon who's now in her 20s and has never you know been on her own. And so it's about her finding her voice. And she runs away from her dad who... who um, owns Atlantica records uh and uh she's always in disguise so you know now she takes off her disguise like Hannah Montana and yes <laughs> and goes on tour runaways runs away and goes on tour with a, an indie rock band um and so it's about finding your voice and it and again you know loves lo- like romance and, and kissing and stuff like that oh um God. and so that's my next book and then after that I have a book uh which is a little bit more it's a little darker. It's um, it's a an adult fantasy. It's about a fallen angel, uh, in who lands on Earth and needs to find redemption because I really love that story. I love redemption arcs. It's great. God, my gosh, light, dark, mermaids, angels. As, as Hannah Montana would say, it's the best of both worlds. I think that's perfect. Um, okay. If if everyone wants to keep up with literally all these amazing stories, um. 
I know social media is a minefield right now, but what's the best place to follow you if, if people are doing that still by the time this releases? I am uh, Zoraida Solo, like our beloved Han, uh, on on Instagram. And Z, the phrase Z like in Zorro on Hive and Twitter. Amazing. Uh, my, my, my partner, she is a, a massive, like, old-school 30s Zorro fan. So every time I see that, it makes me, it makes me very happy. So, yes, everyone, uh, follows right up, read all these amazing stories, and, hey, don't forget about those Thrawn pictures you mentioned earlier. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time. Congratulations again. Convergence is, is such a, it's just such a feat. It's a wonderful, wonderful, amazing book, and I hope that you are feeling all the love that you put into the book being put right back to you. Thank you. I really, I really do. So thank you. Thank you, everybody. There is no hatred, there is joy. There is no division, there is union. There is no apathy, there is passion. There is no gatekeeping, there is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember... The Force will be with you, always.